Hello, friends and family. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. First, some good news. The organization we're highlighting this week is Artworks for Milwaukee, based out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. They work to help young people develop universal soft skills and career skills through creative endeavors. It looks like they've been doing this work in Milwaukee for about 20 years, and they set teens up with paid internships that work in creative fields. I like this a lot as someone who is a creative person, writer, and artist. I teach visual arts. I like the idea of supporting young people who are drawn to creative pursuits. Sometimes in schools, we don't always put the most emphasis on that creative type of intelligence. I think it's good when we can create opportunities in those fields. It's one of the reasons that I work in the field that I do, one of the reasons I teach visual arts. I like being able to address that type of intelligence because there's so many different types of intelligences. And a lot of times in school, we are largely rewarding one type of intelligence, sort of the academic ability to memorize and regurgitate and follow the, the steps of the class, whatever the project is, whatever the process is. And I, I like when we can set aside some time, set aside some things for students who are intelligent and in different ways and recognizing that, that creative intelligence, the social emotional intelligence, those sorts of things. So I like any organization that's promoting that. I also really like that they're using that creative interest to develop real world practical skills because that's also difficult sometimes for people who are interested in creative pursuits they may not always see the job opportunities available. So it gives them some insight into what might be out there for career opportunities. And it shows that you really can do the things you love doing and you can really turn that into a career path. You can build your life around the things you love doing. I also think it's great that they get paid internships. They're getting some real work experience and making a little money for that as well. Check out what they're doing, Artworks for Milwaukee. And that is artworksformilwaukee.org. This is Family Time 85. And we're talking about self-control. First, I wanted to add on a little bit to our family time from last week. We were talking about self-awareness last week, and I was having my students discuss their strengths. It was a very simple task. I just wanted my students to identify something they think they're good at, a strength they believe they have. And many students struggled to come up 
with even one thing, or at least one strength they were willing to say out loud. That's a little disheartening. And I think it says a lot about some of the shortcomings of our educational system and how we support people in general as a society. It's so easy to focus on perceived shortcomings. In schools, we do it all the time, or we identify where students aren't meeting the benchmark, where they're not making the grade. We're on top of things like behaviors that are seen as negative. And that's okay to a point. I, as much as anybody, am on students finding them if they don't have something done or even if they missed a session in the weight room, something like that, my athletes, I'm following up with students. And I think there's some good to that that does show a level of caring that I'm I'm checking in with you. I want to make sure you're on the right path. But we really have to make sure we're doubling down on those strengths. That we're looking at strength-based educational practices. We're finding ways to let our students know they're good at things. And it's funny, I teach 6th grade through 12th grade. And my 6th graders... They can, they can rattle things off. If we're talking about the social-emotional learning stuff, they usually have tons of answers. They'll talk and talk until we're out of time. It's time to move on to something else. High schoolers, a little less open. And I would say they've gotten more open with these conversations the longer we've done them. We've been doing them for a couple of years. When we started, the high schoolers especially didn't want to, share in front of everybody. They would email me or something like that. Now we have a lot more open discussion. But it's taken a long time. And that's what we have to do with our young people. We have to take time to break down some of these barriers. And a big one is we need to take the time to let students know they have strengths and they have value, even if They're the most challenging students, even if they're students who struggle academically, struggle behaviorally. We need to take the time to let them know you're good at this thing. You have this strength. Because they need to see that in themselves. That's how we build self-efficacy. That's how we build resiliency is letting our young people know they have strengths. They have value. They're bringing something to the table already just for being themselves. That's just kind of a note from last week. As we talk about it in my classes, we do these things. We go through these activities that I discuss. And it's something I kind of know is coming when we get to this topic, talking about our strengths. And I'm trying to pull that out of some students. I, I... require students to tell me a strength they have. 
And if they have to take some time to think about it, that's fine. But I want to get past that initial barrier of tell me something you're good at. And I try to point out things I think students are good at. But that's so important. Now we're moving from that self-awareness component into self-management for our social-emotional learning competencies. And as I mentioned, we're talking about self-control. That's really, really what self-management is. Do you have some practices, have some skills that allow you to control your behaviors? That allow you to manage your mental state, your emotional states? That's self-control. And it's difficult. But we have to work at developing self-control. Because that is the one thing we can control. There's so many things in life where we, we don't have control. We can't control what other people do, how they think, how they react. We can try to do things to influence them, but we don't have total control there. We can't always control the situations around us. Again, we might be able to impact the situation, but sometimes things just happen. It's like trying to control the weather. There's no sense in getting frustrated about what the weather is going to do, if it's going to rain, if it's going to snow, because we don't have any control there. We say it all the time to our athletes, control what you can control. Don't get caught up and frustrated and broken down by the things over which you have no control. Take a little time to shift your perspective and focus on the things you can control. Because there are things in your control. And the biggest thing in your control is yourself. That doesn't mean it's easy, but you have control there. And that's part of becoming self-aware and establishing who you really want to be is understanding I have control over these things in my life. I have control over how I react to things. And some people think, oh, I don't have control over that. We'll talk about these things in class. People say, well, this makes me angry. This makes me upset. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. For this very purpose, it's okay and it's good to identify situations wherein we, we get upset, where we have an emotional reaction. But the next step is realizing that it's not necessarily the situation that's causing the reaction. It's okay to not like something, but we need to take some ownership for how we react and how we behave. And that takes some discipline and it takes practice. And it's easy to shy away from those things. It's very easy to give in to our impulses. That's what a lack of self-control is. It's giving in to what we feel in the moment, whether it's an emotional outburst, whether it's giving in to a, an immediate desire at the risk of our long-term goals 
we need to have some self-discipline, some self-control. We have to take a step back and say, okay, I need to stop myself from behaving this way. I need to stop myself from doing this thing because it will lead me down the path I want to take. And that discipline actually gives us more freedom and it gives us more joy because it lets us do the things we ultimately want to do, the bigger things that are important to us. We're going to talk this week about some strategies that help us manage our emotions and manage our behaviors. There's a lot of things out there. It's about finding our own techniques, our own tools, the things that work for us. For me, I do a lot of sort of charting. I will write down things that I want to focus on. Not just, I'm not just talking about activities of the day, but areas of focus that I want to be better at this thing. I want to spend a little more time thinking about this. Maybe I haven't done so good with this thing, so I want to focus on on controlling that impulse, those sorts of things. Then I can put in some practices. Things like meditation is part of my daily practice, but I've done that enough where now if I'm in a situation where I'm feeling tense or I'm feeling upset or my mind is racing a little bit, I can stop and very quickly just take one deep breath to sort of reset and focus in on what I can control. I'll try to do that sometimes too when I'm losing my perspective a little bit. I'll try to focus in on one thing where maybe I'm feeling a little down about something. Then I try to focus on a a gratitude. And I'll focus on something really small like I'm very grateful that I can walk. That I can take this step. And then I try to settle into that and really enjoy each step. And that refocuses things. And those don't need to be anyone else's practices, but I try to do little things like that to help me get back on track. That's a big part of self-control. We're going to make mistakes. And that's a big thing that trips people up. Is if they want to change a habit, they want to put in a self-control practice, we can be good for a little while. We can be very disciplined about our diet, our exercise, or doing our homework for a little while. And then it gets hard because other things come up and then we get off track. A big part of self-control is not letting things snowball, not letting one problem become two problems, become three problems, become four problems. We have to stop. That's the biggest thing to start practicing self-control is find a way to stop when I'm in a hole to stop digging So that I can try to reset. And I can try to get back on track. And it's good to reward ourselves for that a little bit. When we are able to get back on track. Because we're gonna. We're gonna make mistakes. And we're gonna have failures. That's part of it. That's part of life. So I want us talking about that this week. Thinking about some areas. Where we'd like to improve. Thinking about some things. That we do 
to help manage our emotions and our behaviors, to practice self-control, really thinking about ways that we can stop when we get off the rails and get back on track and acknowledge that, reward that, enjoy getting back on track because that's all we can do. We're not going to be perfect. We're not going to go from A to B without any obstacles. That's what we're talking about this week. Focus on self-control because it will give you more freedom, more peace, more opportunities, more joy, happiness, love in your life. It may not seem like it, but self-control helps lead us to all those things. Much love. This week's podcast is Knots. I was thinking about knots, the knots that show up in string and shoelaces, extension cords, Christmas lights. There are knots everywhere. I got thinking about those especially complicated knots where we don't really know how they occurred and we have to tilt our heads and turn the knot here and there and try to figure out a way in. That's the thing with knots. If we just dive in aggressively and start pulling, we risk making the knot tighter, making it harder to pull apart. So we have to go in a little tentatively. We've got to take baby steps. We've got to pick and peck and pull at little loops and see what starts to come loose. And for a while, it can seem like we're not making any progress. Then we get one loop to kind of loosen. And then another. And then then we start to see a little daylight. We start to get a little space in that knot. We keep going, keep going, and eventually we find the end of the string. And that's the reality of the knot. That's the base element. That's what's essential. We find the end of the line. Then we can start feeding that back through the mess. I was thinking how knots are a lot like any difficult situation in life. We all find ourselves in situations and we're not sure how we got there. We just wind up in a mess. And it can seem like a knot because we can't see the beginning of it. We don't know how it started. And we sure can't see the end of it. We're not able to see the way out. There's too much there. Too much noise. And we have to defeat the obstacles in life the same way we'd untie a complicated knot. We have to try to come up with a plan of attack. And understand it's not going to be perfect. That we have to just start taking these little steps. We have to start picking and pawing at the knot, at the issue. And believing that things will start to loosen up. That it will get a little easier. We have to recognize that in our difficult situations, much like with a knot, we're not going to make a lot of progress early on. It's going to be slow 
But if we make slow, steady progress, every little step in the right direction moves us closer to where we want to be. Then as things start to loosen up, we can work faster. Because then we can see what's going on. We've got a feel for it. And then eventually we find that string. In a problem in life, we find the real root of the problem. Then we can start to bring it back through everything else. In life, we can weave through the doubters. We can go past the the challenges in our way. And we can start pulling the knot apart. Start pulling the problem apart until we get to that string. That singular string. And we realize that's the reality all along. The string was in a knot, but it, it wasn't a knot. It was a string all along. It's the same thing in our lives that our troubles, our challenges, are not who we are. They're not our lives. They happen sometimes, those complicated situations. But we can return to that which is essential to who we are and what we care about, what we decide to do with our lives. And when we find that end of the string, that essential piece, that's how we get through everything else. So untie some knots. Think of the knots in your life and start going to work. Make that steady little progress. This week's podcast is brought to you by opening the pickle jar on the very first try. Good for you. Now from me to you as we wrap up this episode of the podcast, thank you again for joining me. I do appreciate it. We talked about Art Works for Milwaukee, the organization in Milwaukee, Wisconsin that helps young people develop universal soft skills, and career skills by getting them paid internships in creative fields. I love that as somebody who's dedicated a lot of my life to creativity. It's so important to find ways to fuel that creativity. And it is possible for us to pursue those creative pursuits that we love, that we're passionate about, and find ways to build our lives around it. I maybe didn't realize that when I was young, but I'm very fortunate that I've found ways to do that in my life. Next, for family time, we talked about self-control. We also revisited last week a little bit, discussing the importance of identifying strengths. We need to do that for ourselves. To have some confidence in certain things. There are always going to be areas where we don't excel. But we need to give ourselves a little credit. To be honest about the things we're good at. Because everyone is good at something. Everyone has a strength. Everyone has something they bring to the table. So focus on that this week. What are you good at? I tell you that... Difficult times I've had in my life, I've been able to fall back on 
at least some belief, some self-efficacy that I could get through them. And that started with recognizing there were some things I'm pretty good at. I can always be better, but I believe I have some strengths. And it's good to share those strengths. And then think about how we can manage ourselves, how we can stop digging when we find ourselves in a hole, how we can get back on track because we're going to get off track always. Nobody has ever had a perfect run through life. Find ways to push pause, collect ourselves, and get back on track. Remember that life is full of knots convoluted and difficult situations, we can untie them. We have to take a little time, make small progress, find what is essential, believe in that, rely on that, and work that through the mess. Thank you for joining me this week. As always, if you ever want to communicate with me about anything on the podcast or anything I write about, please reach out. I would like to continue to communicate with people. The email is LukeNielsenMedia at Gmail. It's LukeNielsenMedia on pretty much all the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. LukeNielsen.com is the website. Feel free to reach out anytime. I appreciate all of you sharing your time with me. Love yourself. Love each other. Love the fight. Mm-hmm.